is a minute gone past the hour of nine, and uh, welcome to Oban Parliament this beautiful Tuesday, the 15th of November 2020. Ladies and gentlemen, the Parliament is in session. There is no doubt that southeastern Nigeria has awesome potentials. What has continued to be the source of worry is why not much seems to be happening, especially in the area of agriculture and the industrialization. A comparative analysis of the Michael Okwara era clearly dwarfs whatever is on ground as achievement. A strong advocate of what he termed a pragmatic socialism, he believed that Nigeria's salvation depended on a revolution in agriculture. To this end, he acquired and managed a farm a large farm in his hometown, which inspired many Eastern Nigerian leaders to follow suit. He also championed the educational and infrastructural development of Eastern Nigeria. He never owned a house of his own while he was in government, and when the Nigerian Civil War ended, he went into exile in Ireland before his return from exile in 1979. His close associates and beneficiaries were the ones that took a collection to build him a house in his village. How could governments of the Southeast convince their people that they are serious about job creation without massive investments in agriculture and revamping of moribund industries? And has the Southeast not become a region with just a beautiful past? And as we look at the present, can we beat our chest and say that in Kiruka? So looking at what seems to be a tall order, we stimulate a conversation that will explore the potential of a Southeast focusing on agriculture and industrialization. We do hope you enjoy every minute of the 90 minutes of this show. I am Uche Gabriel. I'm co-anchoring with... Adobe Lose. Good morning, Uche. All right. Uh, my first guest is uh, uh, a sociopolitical economist and uh, the executive uh, director of uh, Afri Heritage, Afri Heritage Institution, a research-based organization that has done extensive uh, research in business environment and competitiveness across Nigerian states. Good morning, Professor Ufo Okeke Ozadike. Good morning. Good to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, um, uh, let's quickly get into the discussion. And um, there's something I made mention uh, in the introduction, and uh, it's a question I'd like to throw to you. How could or will the governments of the Southeast convince their people that they are serious about job creation and empowerment without obvious massive investments in agriculture and revamping of uh, moribund industries? I don't see how they can without doing something. There has to be some evidence uh, shown or being shown you know, in these areas. Um, things don't happen without a plan. Uh, one of the things that I think uh, uh, that we do know about the Southeast uh, is really that over the years, uh, the governments of these uh, states, the five states of the region, uh, have not really done enough. You know, uh, where you've seen uh, things appear to be happening, uh, 
Uh, here we are talking about places like our nature, Newi, Aba. It's not usually because of planning by government officials. These things happen in spite sometimes of governments that actually uh, intervene, uh, disrupt, and uh, carry on in manners that really, uh, if it hadn't been for the way, how resilient the people of this particular region uh, have tended to be, uh, I don't think that we'll be seeing the same level of development that's actually happening uh, right now. I don't think that mo uh, that enough has actually been done in terms of planning. Enough hasn't been done in terms of uh, creating an enabling environment that would make uh, for a good uh, investment climate. And so, uh, in principle, uh, we are seeing governments reacting sometimes to developments that we are already taking place uh, due to the hard work. Again, Newi is a prime example. There was no master plan for this. So to the extent that you have a revolution, uh, some people, I think uh, some Western academics have called it a revolution in a Newi. Uh, uh, it's, it's not because of anybody uh, called government uh, showing up and doing something uh, in terms of uh, making sure where erosion is taking place that's been dealt with, where roads are needed, it's been dealt with, where uh, energy is required. It's been dealt with. Uh, Aba is also a critical example of this, that in fact, government interference may have even hindered certain levels of development in Aba. Uh, on nature, we, we know of the uh, almost like annual uh, infernos that uh, visit them or some kind of uh, uh, disaster taking place. This is despite the state to the extent that Onicha remains a vibrant place, is despite the state actually doing very little to assist. Now, 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 someone will wonder, how could a region that has so much potentials, I mean, unimaginable potentials, like you mentioned some locations, how could a region this blessed, how could a region this rich be, 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 be not doing as much as they should. Well, I, I think that's part of the, uh, the, the irony of it, you know, that uh, we've had states in the region that are blessed with fairly significant human capital uh, development. Uh, there are people who are fairly qualified. So the education institutions in the region and beyond the region have seen substantial numbers of people from the uh, from these states go in, do well, come back sometimes uh, to try and see what they could do. Um, so the resources in terms of human capital are reasonably there, not still where we want it to be, but reasonably there. The the states talk about doing things. This region was the first in the country to talk about regional development. Okay. You know, and Senec was established many years back, I think around 2006, 2007. It was, well, I won't say established, it was, was floated. And since then, it was floated by African Heritage Institution, by the way. And since then, there has been very little done. Many of the Southeastern states refused to sign off. So the commission never really took off all these years. Meanwhile, while they were still busy in issues of one kind or the other, the Southwest established its own, which is, is not perfect, but it's far stronger, far better. It's floating. Meanwhile, the one in Senate never did. There have been many other initiatives since then, including more recently Seredek, floated by Barton Naji, Professor Barton Naji. And, but one issue after another basically have over these years 
the past three or so years hampered its ability to to perform or to 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 get established at the level that that is really needed for it to actually cooperate contribute to the development of the region so the the lack of planning the lack of cohesion you know in terms of really really wanting this to happen has been part of the difficulties that we've actually experienced in the region going back uh, now well over a decade how could people who are supposed to for instance you said uh, refuse to sign up um, what, what were you expecting from uh, what will have been the proper response from uh, the, the governors and the government of the southeast well the proper response would have been that they all sign up and and they work together to 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 identify critical points of um, of agreement and development uh, for instance if if we say that we needed um, uh, the states to uh, to cooperate in terms of driving energy policy then that should have been what happened but we haven't seen any real commitment first of all if you don't have an organization you cannot have the, the, the capacity to to project and to to try and drive change there has been no real organization that in principle they say it's a good idea in reality for one reason or the other they haven't always signed up at the same time over the years all of them have signed over the years but they needed to have signed up at the same time for this to work. That's how treaties usually work. Um, but when one signs up and then uh, by the time uh, uh, the other signs, the initial signature had actually become uh, moribund, uh, then you are not going to actually uh, uh, have uh, successes. That's, that's been part of the difficulty, that there has been very little by way of uh, concurrent agreements taking place. Um, and so these regions, uh, this region and these states have failed to bring about uh, the kind of uh, cohesive policy uh, thrust that will bring about the kind of transformative development that we've actually been expecting. Doesn't that suggest that uh, the governors uh, are part of our problem? Well, I think they have been part of our problem because um, you can't you you can't simply expect wonderful things to happen when you're doing nothing. That's actually been the, the uh, at the at the heart of it. That these governors over the years have uh, well, we've had lights, uh, 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 points of of uh, maybe wisdom where some individuals have said, no, no, this is worth supporting. But they've not all said the same thing at the same time. This is because of politics, that they've allowed politics, political consideration to influence their decisions. Um, they are, they would rather deal with, um, political, uh, issues that emerge. But what is, than think long term, because it's, it requires long term planning. Okay. You know, for these kinds of things to result in really serious development, uh, requires that you should actually have a long-term plan that some of the benefits may not accrue while you are still sitting there. Okay. And they are not looking for that. They want something that will show immediately that they are doing something. And so they would rather invest in certain things um, that politically protect them, things that politically uh, serve their, their needs without necessarily uh, addressing uh, the things that may not have political um, benefits um, 
uh, in the long term. Okay. Um, uh, what, in your opinion, is uh, the problem and the real issues retarding the progress? Well, there are, there are too, too many things uh, uh, that one can point to. Um, one of the uh, immediate issues is really around the question of creating an enabling environment. Uh, as you are aware, we, uh, African Heritage Institution, Afri Heritage, uh, uh, we, we, we have been releasing uh, for about 15 years or so uh, information that could assist the region. And in some ways, um, uh, I think, has actually helped. Uh, Bacon's business environment and competitiveness across Nigerian states. It's a, an African heritage, uh, um, a, a child of African heritage. We are now on the fourth cycle, which uh, will be released in November. We are hoping to have uh, a major uh, event on, in regard to this in Abuja. But um, Bacon's four shows quite clearly some of the problems. What is Bacon's, by the way? Business environment and competitiveness across Nigerian states. Okay. Uh, the fourth issue of this, of this report will uh, come on stream uh, in November, uh, late November, uh, as currently scheduled. And if you look at the performance of the Southeast... And uh, unfortunately, it's, 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 it hasn't been released, so I can't go into too much detail. You you notice that there has actually been a regression. As a region, the southeast is hasn't performed as well as it had uh, in the more recent past. And so, it is a problem of of all the southeastern states. Only one actually improved on last year's ranking. I mean, uh, last uh, Beckham's ranking, Beckham's three ranking. If that is the, if, if you look at the benchmarks, whether you're looking at security, for security they've done quite badly uh, as a as a group, and uh, for things like regulatory services, you find that they um, they haven't done well as a group. Uh, but the key here is when you overregulate. Your economy, you create problems for investors. Investors want environments that they can go in, uh, don't have difficulties uh, starting up their business, don't have difficulties running their business, and 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 if you look at it, the the entire Nigerian economy, it's it's not big business. These are small businesses in different parts, people setting up small shops, and. And driving those shops, the employment that goes with it, the the development uh, trajectories associated with it, really point to that being the heart of Nigerian economy. Nigeria is not a big business economy; it's a small business, medium business economy. That means that governments, instead of opening up or setting up uh, red carpets for the big businesses that are coming into the country or coming in into particular. Uh, states and getting pretty much whatever they wanted um, it's not really the heart of their economies they should pay more attention to the small and medium term medium uh, sized businesses that is not something that I think has been happening 
Instead, what you see is uh, uh, state and local government areas uh, officials going around hounding small businesses uh, for this, for that, double taxation, all kinds of issues uh, in terms of setting up the businesses. Many of them wind up, because of these pressures, actually doing something quite inimical to the interests of the state itself. And, and here I'm talking about things like um, refusing to even register, because to go register, you wind up spending uh, a lot of the monies that you would want to invest in your business in trying to bribe officials of the state or the local government. Um, and for, for me, the states are not looking carefully. For you to start <coughs> reaping benefits, I know the, the, there is a pressure for them to generate IGRs, but for you to begin reaping benefits, you need to invest in these things. You need to actually give them a chance to grow to the point where you can then expect to gain something from them. But when, you, when the policy is one of trying to reap benefits where you hadn't actually sown, then it is not in the interest, longer-term interest of the state in question. And uh, I think I can give you an example. In Anambra State, for instance, right now, where the governor uh, and his people have actually been running around harassing people uh, over uh, new taxes that have actually been imposed. How is that actually helping? Many of these businesses are just surviving right now from coronavirus. This is a time when you should actually have a different kind of policy, saying, okay, we'll give you a bit of a break. We have this tax uh, uh, policy uh, introduced, but new taxation policy introduced, but we can allow you to regain uh, whatever it is that you have lost, and then please you basically schedule it over time and give them time to even save the money. Now, 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 it, it seems uh, we're, we're in the wood and uh, coming out will require long-term thinking. Right. How do we get the government at all levels to start thinking long-term? Because without that long-term thinking, it appears we'll just be uh, running around in circles. It would seem to make sense, actually. It's not something that I feel as though one should be, should be saying to a government that has plans. Because you should have targets. You should have a clear plan and you have targets that you want to reach. And you have to try and rope in the people who will be uh, participating in this process, whether as people who are benefiting from, from what you've planned or people who will be contributing towards paying for implementing the plan in question. So if you have a long-term plan, or at least a medium-term plan, it means that you are, and, and if you work with people, it means that you've actually brought, brought them in as co-owners of the plan. But here, that is not the typical strategy used by many of our governments. That they simply go, and again, t uh, take a look at what happened more recently in Enugu East local government area, where the, um, uh, the, the local government, uh, was being accused by, um, uh, business people here, I think poultry owners who are uh, who are quite surprised about new taxes being introduced and thugs being sent all over the place, harassing people, taking their equipment and things like that, hurting their ability to actually uh, continue their their work, um, even when the work itself was was urgent. You cannot kill the goose that 
you are hoping will be laying the golden eggs for you. And so that kind of strategy of not really thinking properly before implementing policy, not thinking ahead before implementing policy, it's not a healthy uh, strategy for any government to actually use. So I'm, I'm pleading for longer-term uh, policy frameworks, uh, medium-term policy framework where uh, you really have to have it urgently done, uh, but not really uh, focusing on short-term gains which hurt uh, the longer-term goals that you may have. All right, just before I bring in the second guest, uh, the, 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 when we talk about IGR in most states of uh, the Southeast, people think about what they take from the people right. rather than what they could generate from other. Uh, is it that the only way to uh, get IGR is from the people? Well, Looking at best practices. Well, it, it doesn't have to be exclu- exclusively from the people because there are things the state itself could actually be doing. Um, uh, we have, in many of these states, we've got uh, mineral resources. We've got various things. You can also... Uh, 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 milk the agricultural sector where possible uh, but when you haven't invested in something and and we do know that the state does this very badly um, the average state in Nigeria is not uh, a money maker they, they, they are more into policy uh, but if you if you don't invest and you don't invest well it what do businesses get here? They don't typically don't get water. They don't get energy. They don't get roads. They don't get the basic facilities that are required in order for them to actually grow. What are you then expecting to get your IGR from? Is it from what? From having done what? And it's, it's not clear that they've actually thought through this. You're asking people to pay for something that you haven't given them. Eswama is going around in, here in Enugu State demanding this and demanding that payments being made for services actually not being provided. So what is the money for? Paying people to be there and and insist on being paid for doing nothing? You know, so it's it's important that we link service with payments and that we link investment with growth. If you don't invest, you cannot develop and you suddenly there's nothing to grow. And so this is part of the difficulty that we have. And many of the southeastern states simply are doing very little, uh, if anything at all, to uh, to foster development. They, they can do much better than they are currently doing. All right. My, my, my second guest uh, was uh, the UPP uh, Enugu gubernatorial candidate in the 2019 elections and the proud agro-entrepreneur. Ekeno Zadema, welcome to the parliament. Thank you. All right. Um, of course, you've been listening to mm-hmm. Prof. Uh, Aptly, and yeah. um, I like us to get into uh, painting pictures. You, 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 you're doing well in your farming business, and you look at maybe what is possible in Ebony. Look at what is possible in different places. Um, paint a picture of uh, the possibilities, because right now what we want to do is try to breach the gap between what we have potential for and what is really on ground and what can happen. Uh, so how do you paint that picture? Thank you, see. I want to first of all begin by appreciating Prof. Uh, thank you so much for being very profound. I mean, uh, people like you should come on, on air more often. And I want to suggest that the government, governing body will listen to people like you 
to give them ideas and suggestions what can be done and how it can be done. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. Um, I want to try to paint a picture like you rightly yeah. said. You know, the Southeast region um, is a region, it's our, our own region. And um, uh, if it's bad, it's bad for us. If it's good and great, it's great for us. Uh, I will always mention that uh, so many years ago, in the late or early 60s, we used to have the South, the Eastern Regional Corporation, Eastern Regional Development Corporation. Okay. That, uh, uh, who, whose major uh, 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 focus was developing the Southeastern region with what we have, even before the advent of oil in a commercial quantity. Now, I, I, I always imagine a railway uh, line across the Southeastern region. Enugu, Eboi, Abia, Imo, and um, uh, Anambra. I imagine a power sector that will power the southeastern region. I also imagine where we have um, we have uh, economic and business connectivity. Traveling from Enugu to Onitsha, for instance, is a hell of journey. Traveling from Enugu, for instance, to Aba is another hell of journey. That shouldn't last more than two hours, but you spend almost the whole day traveling there. Now, in Aba is a cluster of our indigenous people with so much creativity, with so much potential that can generate so much IGR for the southeastern region, like he mentioned, if the government will be able to give them the needed environment. Coal Camp Enugu has been the same from the 60s till today. I am fabricating some of the equipment I'm using in, in my farm, in coal camp. Wow. All I need to do is to tell them what I want to achieve, do a sketch, and they'll fabricate it. But coal camp has not changed. We have so, made, so much ingenuity in, in coal camp, so much idea, so much creativity that will have been harnessed and moved into a massive industrial hub. And for what you just said now, it means that there are people in coal camp that can give us some of the machines we need. They've been there for donkey years. All they need is just a little push, a little support, a little exposure from the government. I met a man sometime last month in Omo, Mr. Peter. That's in Anambra. Yes. Omo, I mean Peter, develops threshing machines. In his own factory, with guarantee, he's doing two trials for me now. You will be shocked. I took videos and, and I had to interview him. You'll be shocked the kind of potentials we have in the southeast region as a region. And if we're able to harness all this potential, we can get to the point where we begin to pioneer the Africa as, a, as a, at large. I had a little chat with uh, with uh, somebody who is close to. Um, the man behind um, the behind the Ceredec as a company, somebody who is close to Professor Energy. and I realized that he he has developed so many blueprints for the Southeast development as a whole, ranging from health to power to uh, rail to road, and the Southeast. I was asking, I know we have. Uh, the Southeast Governors Forum. What exactly do they discuss in such meetings? What exactly do they try to achieve? 
I know that Southeast Governors Forum has to do with the Southeastern region. And uh, uh, to my greatest surprise, I've not been able to, to pin down one thing I will say they've been able to achieve in the past years in that forum. But this forum was supposed to begin to discuss and talk about how do we drive some of these great developmental designs home. So the picture I'm trying to paint at large is that if the needed is done today, we can have a southeast that is sufficient, sufficient to him itself and beyond. You, I always say it, we have massive arable lands around the southeast, but most of our our food comes from the north. The entire southeast region. Most? Yes, most of our food comes from the north. Every of our food, we are not sufficient to ourselves, but we have enough land. Government to begin to create the enabling environment so we can even start feeding ourselves and begin to thrive and do better. Now, is it that we can feed ourselves? Is that what you're trying to say? Oh, yes, I'm saying it without any apologies. If the north and the Middle Bears shut their gates against the Easterners, the Southeast region won't feed ourselves. We will not. Is it that we are today? But we can. We can. We surely can. We can if we begin to do the needful. If we begin to invest in agriculture, begin to invest in industrialization, and begin to look at how we can begin to drive, you know, the economy down home. We can. We we, we have all it takes to do that and I think the government should begin to look inward and begin to do the needful yes the government may not do it alone but the government needs to drive it begin, begin to do the things that will help this development come, come through yeah, there's a bit of uh, prof, uh, there's a bit of uh, uh, different opinions as regards uh, industrialization uh, some people say government should not have anything to do with it except to create the enabling environment uh, some other people believe that um, the government could get involved um, the, the government could create the enabling environment and then attract uh, it does appear that some of the things we do we do not understand the economic implications for instance if we sustain unrest and insecurity we drive away people who will have come um, when we do certain things and we don't have a stable environment it becomes difficult. Now, to what extent can government get involved in industrialization? I think it's important uh, to underscore that uh, in order for uh, industrialization to happen, there are a number of things that must be seen to be happening. Okay. Uh, you cannot industrialize in an environment where in fact you can't even do agriculture very well in an environment where there is no security uh, we've seen this with the uh, herdsmen attacks in, in, in farms uh, eating up people's foods and so on mm -hmm. and so on why would anybody want to grow food if you don't have security, if you don't have some sort of assurance that uh, the next harvest that you will actually reap what you've sown so there's a problem there uh, similarly and I think as uh, we know uh, from Thucydides work that you cannot have uh, industrial uh, development in an environment where there's conflict taking place. It won't happen. Um, uh, the, if, if you invest heavily 
probably you'll be in, an, uh, in extractive kinds of industries where mines are available. You okay. can go there and take and immediately exit. But you cannot invest in manufacturing and things like that without security. So security is very, very important. And again, if you look at Bacon's, current Bacon's, you find the Southeast has actually done badly. I think it's one of the worst. I, I have to check more clearly on this. But it's one of the worst performances that we've had in a long, long time. And uh, the environment in the Southeast isn't uh, sufficiently uh, stable and enabling uh, for people to put their money. Because you are asking people to invest resources that may be scarce uh, in the pursuit of something that they cannot be assured will actually survive uh, the next few months. That's one. And if you also look at the amount of money needed to, in, uh, to, to drive industrial development, most people don't have them. Most people. Most people simply don't have them. The few that do have enough to begin industrial investment, in, investments are typically people who may have better options. A lot of Southeasterners are investing heavily in different parts of this country and some even outside of this country. Why would they want to invest when um, law and order uh, is uh, dependent on who you know and how much you are willing to pay them and so on and so forth. So the, the, what we require to begin fostering development in the way that we need, both uh, uh, in terms of industrial development but also in terms of uh, agriculture because a lot of the things that we may want to uh, manufacture uh, may require agricultural sector that can supply those things. Okay. And by the way, uh, my colleague is, 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 is largely correct about what we can do in terms of agriculture now. I don't think the Southeast the long term uh, has uh, uh, the the advantage of in, uh, of uh, driving agricultural development because we simply don't have enough lands and some of the we can't actually do uh, the kind of industrial agriculture that's required there are if you go to a place like south africa or parts of the united states but particularly in the middle part of the united states where you can see tracks and tracks of land if you are if you're in a car driving you can see yourself drive uh, kilometer after kilometer of one person's farm or one business's farm. But, but we've not exhausted even the ones we have. Uh, we haven't, but, but we have little of those. We're, the entire southeast is smaller than about 11 states in this country. I'm talking about one state. The entire southeast smaller than a number of states in this country, including states like Kogi. Kogi is bigger than the entire southeast put together. Benue State is bigger than the entire Southeast put together. Wow. There are other states like that. They have land. We actually don't have enough. But is that enough excuse? It's not enough excuse. There are places like Ozoan, for instance, and parts of Ebony State that have plenty of land that could be subjected um, to agriculture. But I think it's largely on a short-term basis. Uh, there are places, you go to places like Newi, where you won't find... Uh, sort of a, a large tract of land where you can actually you can do small things but you don't have enough of these scattered I, I'm curious to know why the little that is happening there's so much that needs to happen yeah. but the little that is happening for instance like Koschar is floating a big farm yeah. 
uh, and some other people doing what they're doing seems to only be happening in the private sector. The 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 state in the past, uh, when it was still provinces, uh, there we are able to do things because first, uh, Nigeria, what we are growing at a very very high rate. Nigeria is one of the largest one of uh, well, it's one of the largest countries in the world, about two hundred ten million thereabouts. Um, but the bigger problem we have is the the, the population growth rate has been uh, has been rather uh, dramatic. And we've not been able to actually uh, deal with the, uh, with what's needed to properly manage the population growth. So we we are finding less and less land available for cultivation in many many parts of this of this region. Um, it used to be easier. Now it's a bit harder. And to find a big track of land where you can actually invest, particularly for agriculture, if you want to do uh, use uh, um, a technology. Uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, tractors and so on and so forth. You need a big track of land where you can actually invest uh, resources of that sort a bit more meaningfully. Um, this is not to say that there aren't. There are, but they are getting smaller and smaller You know, in terms of uh, what's available. But beyond that, uh, I, think, I think one of the things that we must also uh, try to do is to say, yes, we don't have resources as individuals, but we do have resources that states can generate. Uh, I still have issues with the way the federal government uh, has been um, dealing with issues of uh, uh, marshalling resources for development. I don't think you achieve this by giving elected officials huge tracts of money, uh, huge amounts of money to drive development. They are not equipped for this. Let's have institutions that are built to drive these things, do those things. Uh, if there is corruption taking place, we must deal with issues of corruption. But you cannot simply... You, uh, we have a, a security votes given to governors. Do we have better security? We don't. Our security has actually gotten worse, again, according to Beckham's uh, uh, report. Security has gotten worse in the southeast over the past several years than it had been the case. Now, Boko Haram, we've been told, has been destroyed. Uh, but all kinds of other things are happening. Boko Haram hasn't gone, isn't going to go anytime soon. We have other groups, whatever you call them. The fact is Nigeria is an insecure place for everybody. And it used to be something that was partitioned to a particular part. Now it's a it's a it's a it's a general issue. Even Lagos State has has major security issues. So for me, it's important that we realize that the state can invest in basically creating islands of development. It doesn't help us when we say, "Oh, this place is a, a gateway." Uh, we've had those um, low uh, trading spots where nothing happens. Why is something not happening? All right. Um, Mr. Zadima, uh, just before we go for the news uh, break, uh, how much, how expensive, how far-reaching is actually creating a hub 
Is it something that is impossible? Because when certain things don't happen, we begin to question uh, to what extent they are really elusive or impossible. Mm. So is it is it impossible to create hubs? Uh, you see, it's not impossible to create hubs. Um, however, it's uh, not also that easy. Okay. Uh, because you don't exonerate the part that um, the government had to play in policy making, like he also rightly said, uh, creating enabling environment uh, and all of that. Then we also need people with um, uh, the passion, the, the, the desire to do such uh, kind of projects. I mentioned Seredek. Uh, I know he has a lot of designs he has already done, sourcing fund, and uh, the major challenge is uh, uh, the bureaucracy, government bureaucracy. How do we begin to push through this? You know. Now, uh, like you rightly also talked about hubs. I'm talking with somebody recently. Uh, we want to see how we can create an agri-hub somewhere in Enugu. And um, by the grace of God, before long, the blueprint will be ready. And uh, we need trust that we can push through uh, the policies and get some approvals done. So, it, bottom line, I'm trying to say, uh, it's not an impossible task. It's something that can be achieved. And if we begin to uh, uh, begin to work towards that, developing hubs of different forms across the region that will begin to uh, you know address particular issues like agricultural hubs, like uh, uh, industrial hubs, and every other kind of hubs around. I mean, it will be a great one. However, it is clearly stated that it is not impossible and it is not that difficult, but we need all the stakeholders to get involved and play their own part. All right, we'll be going for a short uh, break, uh, and of course, um, uh, when we come back, uh, we will be uh, uh, taking your calls. The talk lines will be open in just a moment. Zero eight zero double nine nine four five nine four five. Zero eight zero nine 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 four five nine four five. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's still the Parliament, and um, of course, um, uh, just before we open up the talk lines, uh, Larry is standing by, uh, and he wants to make a comment. Uh, the moment we're done with that, uh, we can open up the talk lines. Larry Aguigo was here, I think, yesterday, and um, uh, he has uh, he's listening. Uh, like you said, during the anniversary, he is not just uh, an analyst. Good morning, Mr. Hello. Larry Aguigo. Good morning, you see. Good to have you. Uh, yeah, my pleasure, you see. Um, I salute um, the guests in the studio. Uh, Mr. Uzodema, are you Chief Uzodema, sir? I don't know how to address you. <laughs> but you've uh, been doing a whole lot in the agricultural sector, and um, I must acknowledge and appreciate uh, that which you have uh, accomplished. And I, I just wanted to... Uh, agree with most of the things you said, but I think I also um, want to add that um, we shouldn't be too fixated uh, on the fact that we don't have that much land in the southeast. Uh, the nation of Israel has very little landmass, but they're one of the biggest exporters of agricultural products globally. Uh, it, it, of course, I'm sure you are you are you are an expert in this area. Areas more than um, I am, but I know that um, there are simple and modern ways of cultivating things like tomato, for instance, the greenhouse uh, model and all of that. 
So I think that uh, the, the people of the Southeast and Nigerians generally should begin to look at um, how to get much from the little space we have. Because you are really an expert who has accomplished much. And, um, you, you know, when you say things, some people may say, well, there isn't any hope. I'm sure that those who don't really read between the lines may begin to think like, oh, if somebody who is in the sector says, I'm work, this thing will really work in places like Newe and all of that that uh, I might as well look in other directions. But then there are models that can work, that we have the pineapple plantations um, in Enugu State and all of that. I know that we may not have farms that are as big as the farms we have in the United States, but the truth is that uh, that's in the southeast, of course. You mentioned Benue Kogi. We have places that um, have massive um, arable land. In the southeast, if you go to places like Anakwin, Anambra State, uh, and just like you mentioned, also one, we have large tracts of land. So I think one of the major problems we have in the southeast is that we don't want to invest in businesses that have long gestation period, apart from the issue of security. I mean, uh, for a long time, we didn't have the security problem, but people were moving from farming to trading because they want to import things. And then in two months, they, 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 their money is in their hands and they pay the bank for the overdraft they took and then take another three months, 90 days overdraft and then um, they import another uh, cycle of goods. And, and that leads me to one of the other issues that we need to also begin to talk about when we talk about agriculture, the fact that people hardly have access to long-term facilities. So if you go to a bank, you can easily get a 90-day facility to do importation, but it's more difficult to get funds for agriculture. So I, I just basically um, uh, called in to, to salute you and then to just uh, also point out that the, the Southeast people are very, very creative. We are very ingenious people. And we know, but we're not applying our ingenuity to agriculture. If we can uh, borrow a leaf from some of the simple innovations that the Israelis have um, actually used successfully, especially in the areas of things like tomato and all of that, we can do a whole lot. We can supply tomatoes to the entire Africa from Southeast, considering new technologies, simple technologies in cultivating tomatoes. So I hope that um, experts like you who are driving the process will begin to think more in some of these directions. But I, I, I once more salute you. I have been thinking about to buy your rice. I didn't know where to find the rice and how to get it. But I felt that we should patronize people like you. I eat local rice. I don't eat foreign rice. I want to put it on, on the record here that I eat local rice. So, South of them, I want to eat your own rice. Thank you, sir. All right. You're not local, but eating local rice. Okay, quickly, uh, we get to the talk lines. Uh, hello? Hello? Hello, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, this is Louis, by the grace of God, an apostle and Christ ambassador in Enugu. All right, You're go welcome. ahead. Yes, I want to support what Larry have just said. One thing, if any, Mr. Uh, and the, the words people use always. Uh, there is this type of statement in Igbo land. This is a very popular saying in Igbo land. Not that they don't have the capacity to produce something. Uh, if we cast our minds back when there was a civil war here, there was land damage. The group of uh, you know uh, 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 soldiers that embarked on producing rice in a week like this, you see a lot of things they have just done. Whether that's uh, in the midst of that heavy war, 
So they produce something. But the only thing is that the Igbo man believe in Nigeria. They believe in um, specialization and division of labor. Uh, they leave some certain things to some people. Now that there is one thing called One Nigeria, you can't be everything at every time. The only thing is that the area you know that is working for you at that particular time, you specialize more on that. Not that they, we don't have the land, not that the capacity is not there, not that the, the great uh, the, the you know, uh, matter is not there to do something. But the only thing is that is the nature of the people because they believe in one Nigeria and division of labor and uh, specialization for now. Not that uh, they don't have that potential. But see, in as much as we do that, all right. All right, All right, thank you. All right, thank you. Hello, good morning. Good morning. You're welcome, Odazi. Good morning. My name is Odazi. To exploit what we got, okay. Now, sir, you see, like uh, in, in I know in Brazil somewhere there, they have seen three times um, tons of rice that we have on one acre of land, yeah. And like um, Larry did say, Israel uh, feed nearly the entire world from that their small piece of land. Now Holland doesn't have as much land as Anambra or Enugu State has. And yet, their dairy produce goes around the entire world. So we must try, work harder, and uh, motivate ourselves. Up north, they hire tractors to uh, uh, their citizens to farm. They give them tractors. Yeah, they bring one tractor for about a thousand people. Of what use is it? How can you say that in the whole of, say, Delta State, for example, you have 140 tractors? What do you want to do with it? We have to begin to be realistic. We must try to be realistic. Answer. While at it, we know that you produce a lot of rice there in Enugu, but it is not enough. Local rice is more delicious than imported rice. Yes. I stand to be contradicted. Let's do more. Of course, we have the issue of the headmen and all that. That can be checked if we are honest. It can be checkmated. But we're not honest enough to do that. So I wish us well. Let's work on it. And if the weather had gone on the way it started, I'm sure we'll be speaking another language today. God is good. Our God is good. That's why he brought friends. And we must make use of it. And this issue of water bill, water bill, the South East, South South must begin to work on it. Because if the government takes water, you're right. That growth near the brooks will not do well. So these are little points we must begin to look into properly. Instead of shouting at the minister, let them not take our brooks as springs and our river. Please. Thank you. God bless Nigeria. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Odazi. Hello?
All right, keep the calls coming, 0809-945-945. And 0809-399-945. Hello? Hello, good morning. Yeah, good, good morning. morning. Uh, my name is, I'm calling from Enugu. Go ahead. Yeah, I want to disagree on one particular area about land. Southeast region, let me say the old eastern region, comprising south-south and southeast, there is enough land. That place is situated uh, uh, to Napa, near Ubudokato land in Calabar. There is enough land that can feed even the whole Nigeria there, where they put where Tunapa is situated now in Calabar. Then if you go to Nwe and Nri Oduma, there is what I'm talking is table land that is where fertilized. We have land. Go to Umaya, there is land here, but is the ground, the government is not supporting the people to produce. So that's why everybody is living farming and diverting to another. The government is not supporting. They are not creating the enabling environment as they are doing in the north. They are giving free loan there, but here you can never get free loan. It's impossible. They will ask you to bring cholesterol. But in the north there, there is nothing like cholesterol. They give them free loan to go and farm. So that's the problem here. So it's high time the government of South is beginning to help the people here to give them free loan, just small, small loan to farm. I think that will help us here. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Give a call is coming at 0809 945 And 9345. You can also reach out to us on Twitter. That Urban Radio 945. Hello? Hello? Yeah, good, good morning. morning. Good morning, sir. What's your name and location? My name is Sandra. I'm calling from Enugu. Go ahead. We have enough of land in this country. Not that we don't have land. There is land. I am hundred support that we have land. So the problem here is our government. Those that we call our leaders, who cannot even help the masses. Last time, they brought in satellites for work. But they use it as a policy. Secondly, the, the, the tractor that was supplied to the north, what happens to our own? They use all these things as policies. They took the money and put the money into their own and send those tractors back. How did you people want this country to, this, this South to move on with this type of nonsense happening inside here? There are lands. It was said there is land. Anybody said there is They have a lot of land. They see it. We are dying of hungry. Another thing, policy is headmen inviting all our land, destroying the little one that we have. That how do we think, how do you people think that we are going to survive this? Please, thank you, sir. That's my own opinion. All right. Thank you. Uh, keep it as brief as you can so that others can uh, get in. Hello? Hello. Hello, good morning. Yeah, good morning. Yeah, everyone from Transsexual. You see, the, the problem, one of the problems that we have here, we keep playing politics in everything. Once there is election, after election, governance should kick in. And there should be governance. Forget about whether you are in PDP or you are in APC. The thing is that the, the normal things are not done. There are supposed to be incentives for farmers. But when those incentives come, either from the federal or from the state, they partisan the thing. They, they, they give it to only people that, that are not even the real farmers, like fertilizer. They give it to politicians that will go a, again and sell it to 
the normal farmer by them inflating the price. This contract uh, contractors that they are saying, you know, the the uh, yeah, the thing they used to farm. They will bring it, but they will give it to politicians that are not farmers, that are that are pretending farmers. You understand? They will they will then again rent it to the normal farmers at the separate rate. The thing is that you should deviate uh, 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 policies from all these things. Once election finished, let be a real governor. Let everybody be carried along. Again, there should be deliberate policies. Government should educate people. There are many loans that are provided by the government that people are not aware of. You understand? Government should enlighten people that this loan is there for this. You know, enlightenment, enlighten people. Tell people how to access those loans. Tell people how to access those fertilizers. Tell people how to access those equipment. You understand? Because there's no adequate. Because now there are so many loans that are lying, you know, waste in the bank for that is meant for farmers, but people are not aware of it. You understand? Then again, government should encourage private sector. You know, government has no hand in business, but they can provide adequate enabling environment. A situation whereby. You know, government should invite people like this culture that open a very big large farm in Anambra. It's a private sector of somebody. Invite the person in. Enlighten our people. Invite those people. That's those big businessmen that is in Lagos. Invite them here. Give them good offer. Remove tax for them. Provide lands where they will cultivate for them. Encourage them to to go into this. And they they will do it. That's what they will do. So many people that is in Lagos that provide you know so many things do that in the, in the, in the, because their people come together and provide land for their people, encourage their people to come. You understand? So many of them invested in Lagos. Let's encourage in any way in other places. God bless you. All right, thank, thank you so you. much. Hello. 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 Good morning, sir. Yeah. Good morning. What's the name? My name is Mister Binna. I'm All right, go ahead. From, I'm calling from one. Go ahead. My brother, the problem we have is mostly policies. People slave policies a lot. Instead of investing on human beings, they invest on themselves. So rather we should move policies away from the real governance and focus on the people. So that's the main problem. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello? Hello, Mr. Isi. Yeah, good morning. Yes, Pastor Chuku Albert. Go I, ahead. I want to say that um, I agree with your guest. We don't have land much in size. And uh, the entire site, if I tell them, is not as big as the uh, COVID state. And, um, and that um, we must learn from others other nations that don't have uh, much land, like Israel. I think um, Israel is doing very well in agriculture. And they're even exporting food from um, their country. Israel is not as big as Enugu State. Enugu State is bigger than Israel. And they're doing very well in agriculture. And they're exporting food. I think that we should learn from their technology. What kind of technology they use and that they use it. And instead of taking excuse of not having uh, much land, what kind of system are they using to be able to produce food enough for themselves and also export to other countries? 
And also, I want to also say that um, agriculture is not all about um, crops and uh, yam and fiba and whatever, whatever. There are other branches of agriculture, like uh, animal uh, husbandry and uh, poultry and the rest of them. If you go to a place like Ngo, the people there are doing very well. This Ngo very close to us here. Uh, their king there has a very big farm. And other people there are having farms. You see, that, that enough is, is uh, supplying uh, poultry needs to any business. Other people should come in. Other private individuals should come in. For example, they're talking about South Africa and the uh, United States of America. Most of the farms they are not owned by the government. And they are not owned by the government. They are owned by individuals. Billionaires. The richest people in America are farmers. So our own billionaires should also come into farming and make food available for the people. Not all just opening hotels in Enugu and then police uh, stations. They should come into agriculture and make food available for the people. Instead of giving excuses to fill an men and the rest of them. Thank you, good man. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us. Hello? Hello? Yeah, good morning. Yeah, good morning. Most people are calling from anyway. Alright, let's hear you. Yes, you see, you see, I'm always uh, very, very unhappy when I, when, whenever I remember that the 95% of food we eat here in Southeast is being brought from the North. It's very, very shameful, especially as we watch the country the way it's going and we still depend on them for us to be for, for our people it's very very unfair i want to tell you that all the things despite we don't have uh, enough for we we are we all agree that we we, we have a uh, limited land but it's not a it's not enough reason even the the, the, the little we have how far have we tried it but up to today you still have enough thick forest and the bushes that are that are not touched the problem we have is that it's leadership. If we have a leader, for example, here in Enugu, in this administration, we have seen our government, the, the things that channel their energy in craft work and all our, all our land, land about, which, which I don't even see the meaning of what, where it's leading us. If all those efforts and all those uh, distance is being channeled in agriculture, are you trying to tell me that, that, that we, are not, we will not go far? Can't our governor mandate all our local government chairmen to, 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 okay, they can say operation, 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 farm all land or anything like that, like that. Then they, they enter into all the things, since they have, okay, where, where, where they will know that government have, is in control of all land in, in, in estate building and all of these things. Can't they do the same thing in farming? That, at least with that, it can solve a lot of problems. It will solve this thing. This issue of uh, hiding place for criminals and all of these things, and those people that are terrorizing us. And if we solve that one, that one and it will feed, it, it will have food, food, food for all of us. So all of these things is, uh, is all about interest. People are afraid of going to their farm because of insecurity. Uh, all of these things. So can't our government do solve all these problems? Even even some people will apply for, 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 for federal loans. When, when, when the thing gets, gets, gets to anywhere here, our, our political elite will just divert the whole thing. And the whole people after suffering will, will, will get nothing. So all of these things are a major problem we have. And until we solve it, we will see the crying and the, we'll, we'll making policies with everything. These are our major problems. Thank you.
Still the Parliament on Urban Radio 94.5 and we're looking at the potential of the Southeast, especially with focus on agriculture and industrialization. We get back to the studio where we have uh, Professor Ofo Zadike and uh, Mr. Ekenel Zadema. All right, uh, let's get your response on the calls you've had so far. Uh, thank you. Uh, I, I found the calls quite interesting. Uh, I think people get emotional about certain things. Uh, the issue of land is a factual stuff. It's not, it's, it's not about guess, it's not about emotions. Uh, three of the five states in the southeast are amongst the four smallest states in this country. Abia, Imo, and Anambra are very small states. The whole idea of land is not, a, it's not, it's not just about finding space to grow something. And using Israel as an example is not really a very good one, to be honest. Israel, yes, does do a lot of agriculture, a lot of it actually in desert areas. Israel use, uses a lot of uh, irrigation systems. People, they focus on what's being produced. They're not focusing on the, on the damage to the land itself and the sea and the water. Galilee, the Lake Galilee impact, the, the water from the Mediterranean Sea, People, the, in fact, the underground water table has been destroyed or is being destroyed in Israel because they do a lot of tapping of water. And so seawater is now getting into uh, 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 non-seawater, causing environmental damages that they are actually now trying to correct. People, ha- we've, we've got to be very careful what we say about this, some of these things. Israel also ex- exports niche products. Small states, small land areas can do niche agriculture. You cannot do agriculture per se. It's particular kinds of things that don't require much land. That's what you focus on. And so we've got to, we've got to try and understand that in the southeast, there isn't much land. That's the fact. What's available can still be used in the short term, in the medium term. We can do these kinds of things. But long term, we have to try and push towards industrialization, where we bring in what we don't produce, transform them into products that we can market elsewhere. That has to be the long-term strategy. In the short term, yes, we can do some agricultural stuff, but not long term. All right. Uh, Mr. Kenne, come in. Thank you so much. I think uh, he, he, he made it clear clearer now. You know, our, our, our listeners were... Uh, I mean, they took it out of context. Okay. Because I knew he mentioned uh, that we can make do with what we have now. And it's, it's a fact that uh, Kogi State, for instance, is larger than probably most of the I mean, the Eastern states put together. But that's not to say that we don't have... I mean, we, we've exhausted what we have now. I've always said it here on air that we have land. We have... There are lands everywhere that have, that have not been, been, been inhabited, you know. And we want to have more persons... Get involved in agriculture. Now, now our focus, Let's, our focus is southeast, right? Yes, now. Southeast, yes. But then uh, the Kogi that has a, a, a massive land, you know, covering the whole of southeast. What are they doing I, about I, the I, land that I, they have? I, I think even the Kogi, they've not even exhausted their land. My my real focus is let's have more persons get interested in in farming. Let's exhaust our land, at least for now, the short term and the mid term. Where we also think about what he said, industrialization. And I also heard some callers talk about uh, insecurity and the herdsmen damaging crops. I will always say it. 
You're a witness to that. It is, it is, let's not, uh, allow the insecurity issue, the headsman issue drive us away from the farms. If, imagine in a, a very large, uh, space of land, you have one person there. I mean, th th there is no guarantee for security. But if we have 20, 30, 40 persons occupying a very massive place and farming everywhere, activities going on everywhere, no headsman will carry their cattle into the land. But the challenge we have in our own area is that you see a very massive space, thick forest, with one small portion, you know, being cultivated by one or two individuals. And they come in at night and they do what they want to do and go. But if we get interested and begin to invade our forests and begin to make them, turn them into farmlands, they won't, they won't have, you know, uh, that uh, liberty to keep destroying and destroying our crops. And I also want to know, make, uh, note that the government to need to step up its uh, security uh, outfit and see how to begin to secure um, our farm areas. Somebody mentioned about the use of technology, which he also emphasized on, talking about the greenhouse uh, system of uh, farming. Yes, we can implore that. And I think there are some persons in Enugu presently doing things in that light. I don't mm. want to mention names, but okay. there are people who are coming in with the greenhouse technology trying to do tomatoes and uh, pepper and some of these things. Yes, we can, we are not, we've not exhausted what we can do. The private sector should, be, should come in, the government should play their own role and let's begin to see how we can begin to harness our potential and feed our people. Alright, I want to move away my attention uh, just before we go uh, from the government for a moment and put it on the people. Don't you think it has also to do with the value system of the people? Um, when someone is, uh, for whatever reason, uh, programmed to think about quick money, um, I think there may be a dissuasion. I mean, uh, somebody may be dissuaded from going into farming because uh, it's a seasonal thing and um, it looks dirty sometimes. Um, so uh, our young people will rather model after Hosh Poppy than model after Ekenelza Dema. Don't you think it's a value system problem? Oh, um, I wouldn't uh, exonerate that fact that the value system has played a lot of role. Uh, part of the challenge also is um, uh, the role models we've followed in the past. However, I will see clearly now that most of our young ones are already getting interested already. Okay. Before I stepped into the studio, I was in a meeting with some young men, in a young, vibrant young men, and uh, they, they, are, we are, they are getting into agriculture seriously, and we're trying to, 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 ha to shape some of the ideas and, and begin to you know, keep them running. So I know for sure that the value system has affected us so much that our young ones, they look up to the politicians as their, as their role model. Uh, they look up to, uh, uh, you know, a lot of things. You know, we've not been able to, to look through to find models in people who, have, who are doing some other things. But the narrative is already changing because so many people are already getting interested and getting into farming. I know... Uh, if we sustain this exposure, we continue to do the things we are doing, get more young people persons involved, over time, the narrative will start changing again. But the truth is that the narrative is already changing. There's another one of this question. Of course, we're going to continue. Uh, Prof, what's the way forward for the Southeast? Um, I think uh, it's important for the Southeast to, um, for the government to actually get their acts together. 
uh, integration, regional integration is important. I think they should, they should really mean it when they go to these meetings. But they don't stay at the meetings when they go. Things are happening that they can learn from. Uh, and they don't sit. They don't actually follow what's going on. It's not about a show. It's about actually going there, participating actively. Uh, Kagame, as, as head of state, still goes to meetings and stays there and actually understands what's actually being talked about. It's not about getting a report from your aides okay. who don't actually even stay. But, so for me, a certain point is that we get governments that are actually responsive. Our governments currently are not responsive, and that needs to change. But more importantly as well, individuals. I, I also did my comments about, about things changing. It's very much true. It, it's welcome. More and more, there are new narratives around people who are actually now going back to what people like Opera tried to initiate many, many years back. We need to go back to those kinds of mindsets. And uh, our wealthy people can invest. Many of them have land that simply stay. People say there's land, there's land. A lot of those land areas are actually already bought up by people uh, who are not using them. We have to find better ways of using those kinds of tracts of land. Um, uh, the state can lead in that direction. If you don't get your land area uh, vested in some sort of agricultural activity, somebody else may, through some sort of a process, I don't want the thing where people just run and mm. start taking, can, may go and get some sort of permission to go and use that land for a specified period. Uh, but we have to find ways that we use more. So in the, lo in the short term and the medium terms, agriculture is an important way that we can actually get people employed, doing things and producing uh, the kinds of things that we require. But long term, we have to try and find a way to industrialize and to process agricultural products and manufacturers. Now, there have been uh, successive uh, uh uh, investment uh, summits. Uh, you know, every government that comes in uh, will host an event. What happens to all those uh, economic summits? And um, uh, I mean, because um, if, for instance, uh, I mean, uh, someone will say, why bother convening if nothing will come out of it? I can answer them. Uh, boils down to uh, the government doing, uh, making do with uh, what uh, the information they gathered. Like he rightly said, they don't even stay. They they depend on the reports that they get. You know, uh, we've had I've attended some of the summits in Enugu here, and uh, bright ideas have been discussed. A lot of issues have been raised, uh, especially in the south, the southeastern, uh, the southeast governors forum, the, the economic summit mm. organized by Seredek. Almost, almost, uh, almost uh, every year or thereabout, you see bright ideas, bright, beautiful ideas. But the issue, the issue on implementation is the problem. Sometimes they are politicized. Sometimes they are, they are, they are just being discussed and as part of the programs. I think government should be more responsive, like he rightly said, and, be, and begin to, 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 to do more than what they say. Yes, and when that is done. Uh, I think we begin to move from where we are now to where we ought to be. All right. It's been a wonderful uh, discussion. Uh, thank you, Professor Ofozo DK, for uh, making our time to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for your brilliant thoughts. And thank you, uh, Mr. Kenozadima. Thank you for thank you. 
or making our time to also come. Thank, Thank you. you for your thoughts. And for those of you who listened, it's been uh, 90 minutes of uh, brainstorming and a wonderful discussion. Of course, like I said earlier, it's not a one-off. We will continue talking until we get Southeast thinking in the right direction and around the real issues that shall bother us. It's been Urban Parliament. Keep a date with the rest of our programs for the day. The Urban Parliament will reconvene tomorrow at 9. Uche Gabriel is my name. My name is Adobe. You have a great day ahead of you. All over the place. We're online 24-7, 24-7.